If you love sweet, small-town Christmas romance, you're going to want to ask Santa for A Christmas to Remember by Beverly Jenkins. Hello, Swoon Squad. Welcome to While You Are Reading, a podcast for contemporary romance readers. I'm your host, USA Today bestselling romantic comedy author, Lisa Daly. On the show today, I am joined by romance icon, Beverly Jenkins. She is the author of the brand new contemporary holiday romance, A Christmas to Remember. Beverly is the recipient of the Romance Writers of America Lifetime Achievement Award, which is a huge deal. The Romantic Times Reviewer's Choice Award, and she was nominated for the NAACP Image Award in Literature. She was also featured in a documentary called Love Between the Covers. Since the publication of Night Song in 1994, she has been leading the charge for inclusive romance. Welcome opening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Welcome, Beverly. I am so excited to have you on today. (laughs) Oh, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, you're so sweet. And I love that you love my opening. I love it too. (laughs) It's very nice. Thank you so much. So I love this book, Christmas to Remember, which just came out last week. Tell me a little bit about the setup for Christmas to Remember. Okay, it's book 11 in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that kind of scares people who want to want to start there. I encourage people to start with book one. But the premise to begin with, Bernadine Brown, who was our main heroine throughout the whole 11 books, purchased the town in book one. She bought it off eBay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> they are a historic town founded by uh, freed slaves in the 19th century. And like in all small towns of the 21st century, they don't have a whole lot of population. There's no infrastructure, any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Bernadine in the first book um, goes to have lunch with her husband on her birthday. And there he is with the secretary playing the two bag beast on the desk. Not cool. cool. (laughs) So rather than say, Oh, what was me? She takes him to the, the divorce court, mm-hmm. he's a oil executive, and you know they have more money than God. They do. So she comes out of that settlement with all this money, and she uses the money to buy the town. Now, she used to be a social worker. So she buys the town and wants to bring in at-risk kids I love that. to be raised by the senior citizens <clears throat> who are still living in our very, very failing small town. And so the 11 books are her getting the town up to to speed and we learn all about the kids and we learn about their foster parents and we've got love going through it and we've got a 600 pound hog who is a menace (laughs) so i love the hog (laughs) well you know the hog is he was just a throwaway thought in the first book and he wound up being you know quite the character (laughs) yeah definitely yeah so all of this goes into our 11th book, 11th book, as we celebrate Christmas. So um, I hope people will pick it up and enjoy it. Uh, like I said, I, I suggest you start with book one. 
Mm -hmm. so that you'll know the backstory. Right. Some of it will break your heart because these are at-risk kids. Some of it will, will make you fall off the bed laughing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so we've got second chance at love. We've got elder love. We've got young adult love. We've got teenage love because, you know, I'm a romance writer. So regardless. So we got to have lo all the love. Write, <laughs> all the love is there. Um, and it, it's been a ball to, to, to write. I, I love this story. Now, so I will say I have not read the previous 10 books in the series. This is the Blessing series. But I will definitely be going back and reading the first 10 books. But I will say I did not feel like I needed to have read the first 10 books. In this oh, okay, series. good. I mean, good. I really I want to, but I really okay. enjoyed the book. And I thought you did such a nice job with sort of bringing in kind of the relevant parts of the backstories so that mm -hmm. readers could follow along with the story, whether they had read the entire series or not. Okay, now, good, good. I, and that, and that said, all the way through the book, I was thinking, well, I got to go back and start from the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> I got to go back. I got to go back. <laughs> so I pat myself I, on the back then for, uh, for doing a, a, a decent job of <laughs> bringing you up to speed. It's hard when you do that many books, like, you know, when you're on book 11 in a series, it can be really challenging, you know, to make sure that you sort of get that balance between letting brand new readers to the series know, you know, sort of context that they might need to know to understand what's happening in the book without doing like a complete recap, you know, which can sometimes frustrate readers who are already, you know, elbow deep in this world. Okay. I, I totally loved this little town of Henry Adams, Kansas. And I, I, I like the history of it. I love that, uh, that she bought the town on eBay. I thought that, I think that's just hilarious. Is there anything you can't buy on eBay? That's awesome. Was, was Henry Adams based on a real town or several real towns? It was based on a real town, which is called Nicodemus, which was founded in 1880, somewhere around in there. But it grew out of a, a thing that we very, you know, I'm all about edutainment, entertainment, mm -hmm. and education. It grew out of a, um, a movement called the Great Exodus of 1870, mm -hmm. when it was the first mass migration of African-Americans out of the South after Reconstruction. And they founded these little towns, not to be confused with the migration of 1900, when people went to Chicago and Detroit. Mm -hmm. These folks went west. And they founded these little towns in Iowa and Nebraska and Kansas and then even farther west in, in Colorado and California. And there were a few in um, Graham County, Kansas, mm -hmm. Nicodemus being the most famous one. It's now on the National Register of Historic Places. And I like to put my stories where African-Americans actually walked. Mm -hmm. So the people are like, did you make this up? No, I didn't have to make <laughs> it up. You know, it, it actually existed. And, and it was, was a very thriving place until probably World War II. Uh, you know, once you take folks off the farm, they don't want right. to go back. So um, so now there's like maybe two structures left, but oh, they wow. have an annual uh, reunion every year. And people come back from all over the country. I've been invited a couple of times, but, you know, I have yet to go. But um, it's a very, very historic place. And I wanted to preserve that history. Mm -hmm. Henry Adams was an actual person. I did know that. Okay, yeah, he's one. But tell, of, us, know, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about. There's two Henry Adams. There's a white <laughs> Henry Adams and a black Henry Adams. And people go and they look and they go, "This is a white guy." And I go, no, 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 it's the wrong one. <laughs> we have 
the wrong Henry Adams. I think right. I know the white guy. Yeah. Okay. All right, tell me about the not white guy. Okay. He, he was part of the Exodus and he was a, a member of the United States College Troops, mm-hmm. born in Louisiana, a slave. And he wanted to know uh, after the after the war, just how free black people would be in the South. Mm-hmm. So he sets out, right? And he's walking and he said he was accosted by a brand of brigands who told him he was no more free now than he was before. So he started this network of civil war, black civil war soldiers all over the South. And they started writing down how things were for the people in their area. So he wound up uh, testifying before Congress with all the notes that he'd gotten because the Congress didn't think that black people were smart enough to say, oh, they're killing us. We're going to leave the South. I said, somebody must be behind this. Mm-hmm. And so Henry Adams just came to Congress and, and testified and I was part of the exodus. So I named the town after him to keep his name alive yeah, and to keep his history alive. So that's it in a, you know, a small thumbnail sketch I, of, I, of who Henry Adams is and, and the town and all of that. I love that. I, I love this edutainment. The, I love that. I love yeah. that word because I, I think that's one of the things that's so great about many authors who write historical romance, you in particular, where mm-hmm. you're really trying to, I mean, a lot of times people don't know about the history until they read it for the first time in a novel. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot, yeah. of not, a lot of fiction readers are not necessarily someone who would... <laughs> go to the bookstore and pick up a history book, but they sure like yeah, that, you yeah. know, to learn something new when they're, when they're reading. I yeah, think that's so, yeah. I think that's so wonderful. I was going to say, I also believe that the more we know about each other, the better off we all are. So isn't that the truth? You know, yeah. So it's a good way to teach history and no test on Friday. No test on Friday. Well, I might give a test. So every week I do a TBR pile of all the books that we talk about on the podcast. Is there is there a good nonfiction book about Henry Adams we can include? It's called The Exodusters. Exodusters by so. Nell Painter. And it's it's pretty heavy, but it gives you all of the basic stuff. Uh, there's another book called uh, The Trouble I've Seen by Dorothy Sterling. And she talks about Henry Adams and the run up to the Exodus and his um, testimony before Congress. So those are two good books. Thank you very with. much. I'm going to add the, I'm going to add those to our TBR list for today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So uh, you write both contemporary romance and historical romance. Mm-hmm. Which one? Share, let's let's spill the tea a little bit here. Which one is your favorite to read? To read probably. Well, you know I. Since I do both, probably whichever one I'm reading at the time that I'm reading, <laughs> you know, how's that for a vague answer? <laughs> Very vague. <laughs> um, but I like them both. Um, and I like I like writing the historicals because of the history. Mm-hmm. I like writing the contemporaries because I get to blow stuff up <laughs> and I get to have car chases and I get to do stuff in the contemporaries that, you know, you really can't do right. uh, in the historicals. But I have written two young adult historicals, too. And that was kind of difficult because kids are kids and, you know, and they mm-hmm. wanted to go off and do adult stuff. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> this is a young adult novel. No, get out of that closet. Come here. Come here. You know. <laughs> so um, I just enjoy doing what we do. 
You know, I just enjoy being a romance writer. I wouldn't want to be anything else. Uh, Anything that I can write, you know, I have a, I've been promising my my readers this dragon book because I'm a big uh, fantasy reader also. You know, that's going to be romance too, you know. Of course. It's, it's, you know, you're going to have those romantic elements, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in everything. But I just, this is such a blessed life. You know, you get to meet great people like you and, and all of the people that, you know, we no longer see because of RWA blowing up and all of that. Oh, but, gosh. <laughs> you know, don't even I go there. No. But, you know, I... I miss my people. I know. Uh, I, I, I know that about RWA. Um, I, although we should mention before we go on and we won't, we will not dive into it, but because no. it's yeah. a sticky, sticky pool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you are the, uh, you are the winner of the lifetime achievement award yeah. uh, for yeah. RWA, which is a huge and prestigious award. So yeah. that is yeah. I still have, still have my reader in my, in my, in my office. But yeah, you know, we, what we write is so special mm-hmm. and is so well loved by our readers. We're the literature of hope. We're the literature of fun. True. Uh, we're the literature of happy endings. Yeah, we are. You know, ATA all around. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And romance took off during the pandemic. People suddenly discovered that, uh, wow, you don't get cooties from reading romance you know it's it you i can i it, can't it's something you know it's something that gives you just that that feeling of being in control you know you mm-hmm. know you're going to get that hea at the end but right. how is this writer going to do it you know we can spin it in so many different ways that i think that's the joy of of the genre yeah supposedly there's a formula but everything's got a formula i mean have you ever seen a, everything a Western without a horse or a bad guy right. or, you know, you ever seen a mystery without a dead body, that kind of thing. But right. you know, we all spin it in different ways. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. And it's the hardest genre to write because you got to write about I, people I, and feelings and all of that. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, I, I completely agree with you. I do think it's the hardest genre to write. And I think the very thing that we get so much derision over, which is that it's all about the feelings is is in fact the thing that makes it more challenging. I am completely, yeah. completely on board there. The other thing too is I think romance saved me in the pandemic. I hadn't, I was so stressed out. I hadn't, I hadn't read for a while and it was um, Emily Henry's Beach Read. I okay. read it on, I literally looked at it on my phone and I ended up spending the entire day on my lanai reading the b- whole book on my phone on the Kindle, oh, I which it. I never do, but I was so <laughs> yeah. into it right away. I could not yeah. put it down. And yeah. then, you know, a couple hours later, it's dark outside. I'm like squinting at the last, you know, but, but that was the thing that really saved me. And I, I think a lot of romance authors, you know, sort of feel that responsibility that I that I know you do to you know to deliver what it is that our our readers need yeah our readers need and new people re- need and yeah you know and and a lot of my writing friends couldn't write that was the first time I ever abandoned a book project yeah I and just I, make it funny you know and we're all different you know mm-hmm. so it was the only thing I could control right so I didn't have a whole lot of problems Writing, and I live a hermit life anyway. It ain't nobody here but me. <laughs> you know, the kids are gone and grown. Hubby's up in heaven playing golf, you know. So, you know, I'm here by myself anyway. So for me, that was all I could control was my writing. Mm-hmm. And it gave me something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so you didn't obsess over being 
locked down and you know i've had my groceries delivered for the last five years i know me too <laughs> so, you know there's no different for me other than not being able to see people you know right. so but it, it affected everybody differently yeah it really did it really did so the last question for this segment uh shonda land which is uh for the uninitiated shonda rhymes uh, production company which has brought us so many of our favorite television shows including bridgerton uh which i absolutely adore scandal gray's anatomy how to get away with murder like shonda is you know the queen and she said about your writing if you haven't yet gotten your hands on this author's work you should do so immediately she's very kind she, very kind she i mean that is epic i would have that on my gravestone i think <laughs> she's she's just so incredibly talented and yeah. such a great she has such a great eye for mm -hmm fantastic material which is i imagine one of the reasons that she loves your work so how did that yeah. i'm dying to know how did that quote come to be how did that happen they are on twitter right she has a shonda land twitter thing mm -hmm. and they interviewed me and um that came out of that interview That's and you know and she did she was not the one who interviewed me course. so i'm not sure you know if if she read the interview or if she's read my books or but when we saw the quote, my editor called him up and said, can we use that? And they said, sure. You know, so. And then they threw a party. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my gosh. Bless yeah, you. So I'm very, 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 very thankful to them for that great quote. That's amazing. What's your what is your favorite Shonda Rhimes show? You know, I don't watch a lot of TV. You know, so I have not seen Bridgerton. I've not seen Scandal. I've not seen I've seen a little bit of Grey's Anatomy. Um, I've never seen How to Get Away with Murder. Mm. Now, you can ask me NFL or you can ask me, <laughs> you know, David, uh, Richard Attenborough, David Attenborough, you know, the nature series mm -hmm. um, or Loki, which I've yet to. Oh, that's a good. Had, haven't I have not had a chance to get into the second season. yet. I will so. not share with you, but I will okay. say but I will say it was good. I love I love Loki. I think that that is just absolutely fantastic. I will say if you're going to start with uh, Shonda Rhimes show, you should mm -hmm. start with Bridgerton. It's okay. it, they're like eight episodes long. There are two okay. seasons already out oh, yeah. at. And they're so well done. And so like, it, it's like all of this talent that she honed for all these mm -hmm. different series. And don't get me wrong. She does brilliant TV all around. But uh, even okay. though we don't usually do TV wrecks uh, on the show, <laughs> you definitely want to watch Bridgerton for okay. sure. Okay. All right, Swoonies, it's your lucky day. As we do every week here on While You Are Reading, we are going to be giving away a copy of A Christmas to Remember. And if you want to enter to win, all you need to do is head on over to whileyouareading.com and you can enter right there. Or if you can just click down to the bottom of the show notes and you can enter there. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Good luck. All right. So every week on While You Are Reading, my favorite romance authors and I trade book recommendations. <laughs> they tell me what they think I like. I say what I think they like. And everybody's TBR pile goes, gets a lot higher. Right. So would you like to go first or would you like to go second? It doesn't matter. This is your show. You pick. <laughs> All right. You, I'll, I'll be a nice hostess and I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> what do you have for me? Um, I have uh, Kate Claiborne. It's Georgie All Along is the title. Kate, to me, is one of the best 
romance writers out there. She is in a, I don't know, an island all to herself. <laughs> she writes such depth, but such relatable mm-hmm. romance. Uh, she wrote love lettering and she wrote signals. And I mean, she's just got a, not a large body of work, but but a stellar body of work. I'm going to be with her in uh, the Chicago Spring Fling. Oh, cool. In April with the uh, Chicago Romance Writers have their annual right uh, uh, event every April. And I'm looking forward to it because I've only met her once. I met her in Denver at RWA. Uh, but she just writes just glorious stuff. Second wreck. Uh-huh. Is Rafe, R-A-F-E, by Rebecca Weatherspoon. You know what is crazy? I think I just had somebody else recommend me that book. Like It is fabulous. Quick setup. We have a, a woman who's a, she's a cardiologist. She got these twin baby girls and her nanny just quits. Just out the blue quits. That's the worst. So she's, yeah. So she's running around trying to find a replacement. So to make a long story short, the replacement Rides up on a motorcycle. He's got tats. He's got leathers. He is gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) And is perfect for her girls. And eventually perfect for her, too. Well, who knew that could happen? (laughs) (laughs) Tattoos and a motorcycle. Sign me up. And he's a ginger. Oh, you know what? I have one of those at home and they're quite uh, lovely. Yeah. Well, he's quite lovely on the cover of that book. I'll bet he is. So, oh yeah. It, it, you know, it is such a great story. Rebecca's just a great, great, great author. So um, Rafe is my second one. My oh. third book is probably something that everybody's read. What is that um, It happened one summer oh, by yeah. Tessa Bailey. Oh yeah. That's a great one. But you know, I've been reading Tessa for a long time before she- Before she, she blew up. Off. Yeah. Before she blew up. Back when- <laughs> I think it was Entertainment Weekly called her the Mick, the Michelangelo of Dirty Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that quote, but it's so right on the money. Oh yeah, <laughs> she wrote a lot of edgy stuff back then, mm-hmm. um, and and it's just as good as as this new uh, beach stuff that she's writing. So, so those are my three wrecks. I love it. I love it. I am a big fan of Tessa Bailey. I have not read Rafe yet, but I have it on my, I have okay. it on my list. So now I'm going to, it's moving to the top. Now, now you've recommended it. That's it. And I am, uh, and I'm definitely going to check out Georgie all along too. That, yeah. that sounds like a really it's great, great one. It's a good one. All right. All right. So what do you have for me? I've got, for, I've got a couple for you. So, okay. um, and one of them is a little bit unexpected. It was, it's a mystery series and I don't know if you read mystery. Well, we can see. Well, you can see. All right. So the re- so two things. So the first book is uh, The Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan. She is a okay. Scottish author. She lives in a real life castle in Edinburgh, Scotland. It's about a woman who's laid off from a department store. She's got to move in with her perfect yuppie sister. You know, her life's falling apart. Her sister's life is perfect. Right. She's got to move in with her. And she ends up taking a job at a kind of falling apart bookstore and she sort of falls in love with the books and the readers and the, well, I think she's always in love with the books, but the books and the (laughs) readers and like all of us. And, and it, it has such a wonderful sense of place. And it so reminded me, even though completely different books, it so reminded me of your book because, right. Because Mm -hmm. the, the town, like she, you just, 
it's so it's almost it's a character just like Henry Adams is a character okay. as far as the town it it really has such a great sense of place it was just a wonderful book and she's putting sort of this bookstore back together and some I don't want to give too much of it away uh, there's a very let's say there's a very interesting author okay <laughs> who catches her attention ah. <laughs> and uh, there's some kissing so, okay. so it's a, exactly but it's a really charming holiday romance and it had and it just a really strong sense of place was what which was what made me think that it might be a good fit for you okay and then the other one is actually a series and I don't know again it's mystery and I never recommend mystery on this show Mm -hmm. but it's the Bruno Johnson series written by David Putnam okay and Bruno is a former LA cop now you know, ex cop who mm-hmm. became continually frustrated about these children, these abused children in Los Angeles County that were just sort of forgotten okay. by the system. And he and his um, girlfriend, Marie, and throughout the course of the series, end up rescuing all these kids. Oh, my. Okay. And taking them to Costa Rica. And they, have a sort of a which is right so kind of a a similarity there with your yeah yeah they they rescue these uh these children and you know and and throughout the I think there I think he also has 11 books in the series uh you know all the things that they need to do to protect these kids and keep them safe and Mm -hmm. and also they're on the run now because you can't just take 11 kids to Costa Rica and not get in trouble (laughs) but it's a real it's a really great series um he he was a police officer for a really long time and and you have so and and he is a super nice guy and you just get so much of that throughout the series so if you're not a fan of mystery or police procedurals you probably won't like it yeah but his writing is really fantastic it's very like you just feel like you're there and and I love the aspect that was so similar about this you know doing something to rescue these these kids Okay, good. I got them written down. Thank you. All right. You're so welcome. I know you were featured in a documentary. Right. And I, right. Were you on a bus in that documentary? Yeah. Yeah. I, I travel. We, we have a travel group and we get together before the pandemic every two years. Yeah. And um, I did a couple with just my readers who have now turned into sisters of my heart. And then I've got a, a separate, separate travel group. But yeah, we were in a bus and we were celebrating my 60th birthday on that when they were filming that. And Lori, who did the movie, called me up and said, well, can we go? I was like, are you going to pay your way? Sure, come on. <laughs> so that was us traveling on my, uh, we were in Charleston, traveling on, on my on my birthday. And, and you know, and there's a, a white gentleman and his wife mm-hmm. uh, when we were at the Penn Center. And he was the mayor of milwaukee i think and he was like this is the weird and, he, and you know and they were just sort of standing there while we were having this lecture mm-hmm. and you know and we, we all took off and i said well, come on if you want and they were like <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you and i told him we were here for my birthday he said this is the weirdest birthday party I've ever <laughs> that's what we do we do weird <laughs> weird is good we're making weird look good yeah that's, that's great I, yeah. I was, I just remember, like, I saw the film a couple of years ago, actually, but did it come out during the pandemic? I don't remember. I, I know it's been like within the last five years. I don't remember exactly how long. It was just one of those things when I realized I was going to be interviewing you that I was like, I got to ask her about the bus. 
because yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it on the bus and I thought it's so hard for a lot of authors to get people to come to signings and here you have an entire busload of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought that yeah. was just such a testament to how yeah, devoted your a, fans are. I, I have a, a, a pajama party every two years oh my God. and the next one will be next October. And the, the biggest way to get in touch with everybody is Facebook. So I told them, okay, tickets will be on sale at whatever time it was. It was at nine o'clock two weeks ago, whenever it was. By 9.20, there were no tickets left. Get out. hundred spots gone. We've got a mile-long waiting list. I was just going to say, now I'm in the sisterhood. Can I come to the pajama party? A mile-long waiting list. I have to yes. put my name on there. My goodness. Yeah, we'll have to do one for just authors. That would be great. I oh, think. wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Oh, that's an idea. I this like that. Pajama with, with just the authors. You just put I'll me on the list for that one. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I'll have to get in touch with my event people and run that by them. They'll oh, I think, love Because they're authors, too, so they'll probably think that's great. I think it's fantastic. Beverly, you are a jewel and a treasure. I am so glad that I had a chance to talk with you today. You guys are going to absolutely love A Christmas to Remember. It is a book to remember. Uh, and you want to make sure that you pick that up. It is available in stores now. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Beverly. You are amazing. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm so honored. Good news, Swoon Squad. If you love steamy hockey romantic comedies, you are going to be so excited to know that The Cutting Edge by yours truly, Lisa Daly, is in stores now. And it's available on Kindle Unlimited. The Cutting Edge is a laugh-out-loud hockey romantic comedy perfect for fans of Helena Hunting, Hannah Grace, and Pippa Grant. Logan Rivers is a star pro hockey player for the St. Pete Slashers, but he has been in a slump. He hasn't scored in three games. He's totally freaked out. And here comes Coco. And she has struck a deal with an assistant coach to be Logan's lucky charm. Everything's looking great. She's almost got her debt paid off. The slashers are on a winning streak. There's only one problem. She doesn't know how to tell Logan. She's been lying to him the entire time. She's feeling pretty bad about that. If she can just keep her secret till the playoffs are over. The cutting edge is in stores now and free to read on Kindle Unlimited. I hope you like it. Will you be my book boyfriend? So there are a number of potential book boyfriends in A Christmas to Remember. And here on While You Are Reading, we only review books we absolutely loved. It's on the show. It's a five-star book. But we also give the book a boyfriend keeper rating, which is basically my totally arbitrary thought process about whether or not I would date this imaginary hero in real life if I were single, which I'm not. So I have chosen Chef Thorne because this book has a number of potential book boyfriends. Chef Thorne, I think he makes a good book boyfriend because number one, he cooks for you. That's it. End of story. Thank you very much. I don't need any more than that. He cooks for me. Great. Number two, he's very gallant. He's just so, definitely an old school uh, gentleman. And I really love that. And number three, he's rich. He loves to travel and he is a generous gift giver. Need I say more? And this is why I'm rating Chef Thorne a five-star book boyfriend. A Christmas to Remember is in stores now. Let's talk tropes. All right, so we've got a Christmas wedding, second chance romance, small town Christmas, found family, a little baby mama drama. This book is tropalicious. 
Thanks so much for listening today, Swoon Squad. Now, remember, if anyone asks you when you fell in love with contemporary romance, just tell them it was while you were reading.